Welcome to the Soul Forge, a place of silent mystery, quiet contemplation, and outright mayhem. Join your host, Sean Vanderloo, as he guides you through the adventures of living. Together, we'll talk about life and love, sex and dating, joy and heartache, memories and loss, and so much more. Don't worry, it's not nearly as pretentious as it sounds. Get ready for life, the universe, and everything on The Soul Forge. Well, hello there, Soul Forge listeners. Happy 2018. This is the first episode of the new year, and I hope you all had a great holiday season, and I hope you get everything that you're looking forward to in 2018. So I was thinking what uh, kind of topic I should start off the new year with, and I was going to do a light fluffy episode, maybe something to do with why you should never shop at Charm Jewelry Store, uh, because that was quite the adventure, which I will one day have to relate to you guys, but not today. But before we get into what we're going to talk about, I've got some future shout-outs. If you remember from a previous episode, I said I was going to start acknowledging future listeners who may or may not actually exist. So, 2027, Jonathan, get the surround sound, and thanks for listening. Erica, 2024, buy the black dress. George, 2022, thank you for that amazing five-star iTunes review. You rock, sir. Current listeners... Those of you who have already discovered the podcast, thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in to episode 30. What are we going to talk about today? Well, I thought about it all week, and as I'm recording this, it's January 3rd, 2018. 25 years ago today, Star Trek Deep Space Nine premiered on television for the very first time. But that's not what we're going to talk about. What we're going to talk about is something that happened 13 years ago today. Now, if you recall... In one of the previous episodes, which I can't remember the na- the number of right now, it was an episode about loss. And that's what this episode is about. But it's one of the specific losses that I've dealt with. Thirteen years ago, my son, Xander, would have been born. A little bit of background. In the year 2004, Trish and I decided to start a family. And so she got pregnant. Well, because you have to. You have to get pregnant to start a family, right? So that's what that's what we did. And I recall being extremely thrilled. It was a very exciting time. I was going to have a kid. This this was great. I talked to the belly. I played it music. I would read it stories. And, and do all those kinds of things that you're supposed to do to prepare an unborn child to hear your voice and be well adjusted and I can't even remember the things that I did. I, I remember I remember singing to it and talking to it and reading stories. I think I played music. I, I might have even uh, given it uh, math questions. You know like one plus one is two and two plus two is four and four plus four is eight and so on and stuff like that. I, I, I can't really exactly remember what I did. Trish might be able to remember. But I, I did all kinds of things. Talked to talked to the belly for for months and months to pre- get prepared. It was very exciting. The due date was around the end of the year, so the baby could have been born at the very very end of two thousand and four, sometime in the beginning of 
2005. And it turned out that after all the tests and the ultrasounds and whatnot, the, the doctors figured that the baby would have been born probably around the first of the year. Well, that was exciting because, you know, the first baby born in Timmins in the new year. And I remember making a joke that, uh, well, if we have them at the, at the end of the year, then uh, we get to claim them on our taxes. And if he comes on the first, then that's great because then he's the first baby of the new year. But if he comes after that, I said, well, then we don't even want him. We'll just send him back. And after what happened happened, I, I recalled making that joke and feeling horrendous. It was, uh, it was just an ick, a gross, icky feeling. Now, I know that joke that I made didn't actually cause what happened to happen. It's just one of those things that happen in life. But still, it wasn't a very good feeling at all. So what did happen? Well, January 2nd of 2005, Trish was feeling like maybe it was time for the baby to be born. Because, was she overdue? I, I can't recall if she was overdue or just at the very end of the due date. Whatever it was. Anyway, we went to the hospital. It was late, and we were there for a while waiting to get seen. And so finally, we, we saw the, do the doctor or the nurse or whoever it was, and they said, oh, no, it's, uh, it's not a real contraction. You're, you're fine. Just go home. Everything will be okay. So we're, we're getting ready to leave. Trish stands up, and her water breaks. So, oh, okay, I, I get the nurses back. I'm, um, guys, uh, the, the water's broken. She's going to have this baby. So we get put into a room, and they do all the monitoring and the whatever. And uh, two, uh, January 2nd turns into January 3rd, and the doctor comes and the nurse comes. And not to get uh, into too much graphic detail, but what they should have done was given her a cesarean section. But they tried to make it a natural birth, which was an incorrect maneuver. Um, I, I can honestly say I've never seen so much blood in all my life. Uh, we almost lost Trish on the table. Uh, we did lose the baby, which we named Xander, because he was in the birth canal for like 45 minutes, and it was, it was not a good situation. And I, I can tell you, not, not to be a downer here at the beginning of the year, but holding a lifeless baby in your arms is the worst feeling in the entire world. And was it completely the doctor's fault? Well, the College of Physicians seemed to think so, because we had an ultrasound about a month before, and the baby was about six to seven pounds. But when Xander came out, he actually weighed, I believe, 11.6. So he, he was a big baby. And Bishop, who we had just a year later, was actually ten six, and he was and he was born cesarean three to four weeks early. So apparently, I make big kids, or the combination of Trish and I do, because uh, Trish had Dakota, and she was just a normal child, normal size. So I don't know, whatever it was, it uh, it was not good, and we stayed at the hospital that night. And tried to sleep, and it, it was just truly horrendous. Nothing good came of it. It was sad. 
Um, I ended up taking three months off of work. And then when I went back to work, I was working at the call center as a training assistant, training new people to take phone calls. And I remember one of the people making a dead baby joke. And I have a lot of self-restraint because I just wanted to go over there and punch him in the face. He was just a young kid, so what did he know, right? He'd never gone through anything, and he didn't know that I had gone through that either, so I, I had to realize that. But it wasn't easy to have self-control, but I did. Um, during the time I was off, I actually got uh, Xander's full name tattooed onto my arm. It was my first tattoo. I was, what, 29 years old or something, and I'd wanted a tattoo since I was 8 years old. So I thought that was fitting for my first one, get my son's name. Xander Aaron Enzo Duval Vanderloo. Uh, so life went on, and I did not talk about my son. I, I couldn't. I couldn't talk about it. So that happened January third of two thousand and five, and I believe Bishop was conceived that April, Easter weekend probably. I, I think that was the first time that uh, Trish was healed up enough so that we could do anything, and we felt safe enough to be able to do that and a few months later we found out that or maybe it was a few weeks later we found out she was pregnant and that one that that pregnancy I ignored uh, I couldn't I couldn't deal with it I, I didn't want to get emotionally involved again uh, I talked to the belly a little tiny bit because I didn't want to feel like I was ignoring it but it wasn't the same it was it was all I could do to to acknowledge that she was pregnant because I didn't want to have to put my emotions towards that again and have it taken away and actually, when Bishop was born, he was born by a cesarean, and I was in the operating room for that as well. And so the doctor cut her open, took the baby out, and a, he didn't cry for four or five seconds. And I, it, was, it, was, it was pretty bad. I, all these thoughts went through my head in just those matter of a few seconds. If, if that one, if Bishop hadn't survived, I probably would have just... I don't know, jumped off the hospital roof or something. I, I don't know. It was, it, was, it was not fun to think about. But luckily he was okay. He was healthy. He was 10 pounds, 6 ounces, I think it was. Or was he 10, 13, and Xander was 11, 6? I don't know. Anyway, that part doesn't matter. Uh, he was healthy, and he was okay. And uh, that was good. So for years and years, I, didn't, I wasn't able to talk about Xander. I couldn't say his name. Uh, the only funny story I have to relate to that at all was one time at the call center, I was on the phone and we were just sitting around and we were talking about tattoos and whatnot. And, uh, somebody was saying what they had for tattoos and another girl said what she had. And then I said what I had and uh, I said, Oh, I have my son's name. And, and this guy, I remember his name was Jason and he says, Oh, is that uh, so you don't forget what your son's name is? And I'm like, no, I got it because he died. And the, the, his face just dropped, and uh, he felt like an ass. So and he was kind of a douchebag anyway, so that, that was a good thing in regards to that, that he got his, uh, well, I don't know, comeuppance, or he felt bad, or whatever it was. Anyway, that was, that was the only, I can't even say it was a positive thing because of the death of my son, because it wasn't a positive thing, but... You know, yeah, I think you know what I'm trying to say. So anyway, that's what happened. Um, Bishop was healthy, and uh, yeah, I, I guess that's it. So couldn't say uh, say the 
name of my child for well, probably a good four and a half, five years. And then Trish said, that's enough. You're going to counseling. So we went to a counselor and I'd never been to one before. And I don't even know what I talked about. Everything just came tumbling out. And then uh, like a month later, I, I broke up with Trish for the first time because I don't, I don't know. I couldn't take it anymore. I'm, I'm not sure what it was. But we, we got back together for, and stayed together for another couple of years. But everybody was surprised that uh, we had stayed together for as long as we did because a lot of times when people are in a new relationship and they lose someone like that right away, they don't last. But her and I lasted for nearly nine years, so that was a pretty good run. And actually, her and I and Bishop just got back from going out to supper together. It's, uh, it, it's a thing that uh, Trish and I try to keep up. Even though we're with other people, we we uh, we still talk about these kinds of things, and we we share that pain. Not a lot of people can ever really understand what we went through, and I, I don't really acknowledge it too much to the outside world. I, I I was looking through my Facebook memories, and last year I had put down that oh hey today would have been uh, twelve years for my son, but I didn't put anything today. But I did text Trish this morning. And I say hey how you doing? Because she usually feels the worst leading up to that, like a few days before that, but not on the actual day because she doesn't even remember the actual day. She was on so many painkillers and whatnot. But I, I remember every every detail, and it's burned into my consciousness for the rest of my life. And, well, she had a hard time today. I had a hard time today. It was uh, It's always a day for quiet contemplation. And I, I wasn't going to record an episode about this because it's really hard to talk about especially to an empty room and knowing that who knows how many people are actually going to listen to this but what I learned is that you never ever ever get over a loss like that but it does get easier to cope with it and don't wait five years to talk to somebody if if you go through a trauma no matter what it is and there's the opportunity the opportunity to have professional help, even if it's not professional, even if it's just somebody who's willing to listen, talk to them, talk it out. Don't don't repress it, don't bury it. That's one thing my family is known for, is burying things, repressing things, and then exploding years later. And that's kind of what I did after I saw the counselor. I just went nuts. And has the last 13 years of my life been a traumatic dealing with that particular situation I don't know I've made a lot of stupid mistakes in my life I, I can't say it's because of that but if I had uh, talked to somebody years earlier I might have had more healthier coping mechanisms so that's what I would recommend talk to somebody talk to anybody don't hold it in seek the help that is there and you'll, you'll never forget you never forget the trauma um it does it get easier uh it gets less difficult um there really isn't a day that goes by that i don't think of xander bishop just had his birthday on december 6th and he turned 12 so trish and i would have had two kids a year apart and that's that's really i don't know it's incredible to think about the life that we could have had but the life that we don't have so that's that's really all I've got to say about that. So I'm just going to end the discussion of what happened right there. There's more I could say, 
but that's pretty much all you need to know and probably want to hear. We all we all go through loss. We all suffer pain, all that kind of stuff. It uh, it makes us better people, or it has the potential to make us better people or stronger people. Life lessons. We we learn from things. We cope in our own way, and hopefully we learn better coping mechanisms the more things we deal with and go through. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about any of that um, other than the fact that I hope you don't go through anything like that because it's pretty horrible. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, uh, to end on a positive note, 2018 has been uh, pretty good so far. Um, cold. It's really cold, but there hasn't been a lot of snow, so that's nice. Um, X-Files is coming back on the air tonight, so that's awesome. Uh, what else can I tell you? Christmas was good. Uh, got a lot of positive feedback for uh, Paul's episode last week where he was talking about his mom. So uh, thanks again to Paul for sharing that story. A lot of traumatic stories. Next week, maybe I'll try to do a fluff piece for you guys, something cheery uh, i would have done that today but today was the anniversary well you'll get this on the fourth but you know what i mean so i just had to acknowledge what today was and get it out there because uh i've learned that you have to talk about things so uh if you guys would be so kind as to leave a five-star review in the itunes store because you're loving the podcast that would be fantastic i have recorded a new end piece where you get all the contact information for the podcast maybe i played it last week i'm not even 100 percent sure uh the holidays have kind of muddled my mind i don't know what i've done so far or whatnot oh hey before i go uh this past weekend i recorded the fourth year anniversary episode of the rusted robot podcast episode 181 had a few callbacks to the beginning days it's uh, a really fun episode. Um, if you haven't checked out the Rusted Robot podcast, now would be a great time to do so. Uh, that's more of a, a geeky-flavored podcast where we talk about movies and TV shows and that kind of thing. Yeah, that, that's about it, really. Uh, it was a lot of fun to do. It took all day to edit the thing, though, because of all the little clips and whatnot and some interruptions and people coming over and that kind of thing. But... Uh, I'm proud of that episode, and uh, hope you'll check it out. So once again, thanks for stopping by the forge. We'll keep the fires lit for you. And remember, expecting a trouble-free life because you're a good person is like expecting the bull not to charge you because you're a vegetarian. This has been another episode of the Soul Forge Podcast. Contact the show by emailing soulforgepodcast at gmail.com or by tweeting soulforgepod on Twitter. Visit us at soulforgepodcast.com and remember the best way to show your support is by leaving a five-star review in the iTunes store. And if you would, please check us out and like us on Facebook. The Soul Forge Podcast was written, produced, scored, edited, engineered, and directed by Sean Vanderloo. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Darth Vanderloo. For more great content, you can listen to my other podcast, The Rusted Robot. Thanks for stopping by The Forge. We'll keep the fires lit until your next visit. I could do this all day. This has been a Valley of Vanderloo podcast production, all rights reserved. This transmission ends now. <laughs>